When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on the Everything 80s podcast, the story of Banana Man. This is 29 Acacia Road, and this is Eric, the schoolboy who leads an amazing double life. For when Eric eats a banana, an amazing transformation occurs. Eric is Banana Man, ever alert for the call to action. Hey there, what's happening? Welcome back to the Everything 80s Podcast. I'm Jamie, thanks for coming on out today. So this episode is for the Brits out there. This is Banana Man. And if you're from North America, you might have actually heard of this character. If not, it's still a very interesting story. And this episode came about for a few reasons and it requires a few stories of my own. So the first one, as I look through the data for the podcast and i can see where people are listening from and the countries and where it's popular the us is the main listener to the podcast but what surprised me is the next highest majority of people who listen are from the uk and so i was thinking you know a lot of the i guess north american culture uh, as far as the 1980s and toys and stuff is you know a big part of the uk culture but there are some things specific to the uk from the 1980s that we didn't have over here. And that leads to sort of the second part of my story. So I'm Canadian and grew up or grew up near the border of the US. So our cultures are pretty the same, like pretty much the same. We have our own, you know, Canadian content. We have a Canadian network and all that sort of thing. But we're still getting a majority of American cartoons, uh, TV shows, products, commercials, the whole deal. So we have this sort of interesting perspective where we have some of our own things like if you're, depending how old you are, you watched uh, Mr. Dress Up or Romper Room in the States, but then you watch Sesame Street or Mr. Rogers, but we had Today's Special or Polka Dot Door and stuff like that. But my situation is a little different too, because I grew up partly in England. My mom's English. So I was born in Canada, but spent most of my childhood in England. We would go there as well. We started coming back to go to school, um, sort of from, you know, grade one and, and so on in Canada, but we would spend at least, you know, three to four months every year in the UK. And I grew up there um, as much as I did in Canada. And as many as my memories are from England as they are from Canada too. We went every summer till I was about 16. And like I had my own room there, you know, we stayed with my grandparents. Then uh, from 2006 to around 2010, I lived back in England again in London. So 
The main thing is a lot of my childhood memories are as much about UK-based entertainment. So Banana Man being an example, you know, we watched Blue Peter and I read Dandy and Beano and um, I loved all the things that were, you know, top of the pops in the UK, the whole thing. So, I mean, my childhood is as much about these two different countries as it is just one of them. So I thought this Banana Man topic would be an awesome Uh, episode to do. I will do a Super Ted one that will be coming up. So if you're English, again, depending on your age, you might, if you're younger, you might not even know Banana Man per se, but the basic character of Banana Man is this blue and yellow superhero that gets his powers from eating bananas. So he first debuted in the Nutty comic in 1980 before moving over to Dandy and then Beano. There was also this Banana Man cartoon, you heard the intro from it, that aired from 1983 to 1986. So that's what we're going to look at here. So I was thinking as I was looking back on this about, there's this really funny Patton Oswalt comedy bit where he talks about the Avengers and how they'll take anyone. And, you know, he's saying like they recruit at sporting goods stores because he's sort of making an example of Hawkeye, whose only real superpowers, he's good with a bow and arrow. And, you know, thinking about... Um, you know, with (laughs) apologies to Batman or Superman or Captain Marvel, if you can be a superhero because of bananas, you might be the ultimate hero. And it's kind of, uh, you could see this sort of offshoot, different multiverse world where Nick Fury recruits Banana Man. You know, if Howard the Duck is technically an Avenger, Banana Man should be too. So more of the rundown on Banana Man and you heard from the cartoon intro. So it starts on 29 Acacia Road in the town of Nutty Town or Nuttyton. There's a boy who's appropriately named Eric Wimp. He leads an amazing life. Not only is he a regular kid, he's this double life. Every time he eats the banana, he turns into Banana Man. He first got his power after eating a special banana as a baby. The banana was filled with Saturnium which was placed in there and accidentally left by the evil General Blight. There's also a different origin story. We'll get to that in a bit. But this is the basic version that's the most well-known, thanks to the cartoon show and later comics. So he wears a blue and yellow costume. If this is all brand new to you, you're just going to have to Google Banana Man, and you'll get the perfect image of him. Um, but I've got a good blog post all about this. If you go to everything80spodcast.com slash banana man, it's got the full rundown with pictures and everything. So he's got the blue and yellow costume, but he has some of the traditional superpowers. He can fly. He's strong. Um, apparently with the strength of not just 20 men, but 20 big men. Um, he's not very bright. He's said to have the muscles of 20 men and the brains of 20 muscles. Muscles, M-U-S-S-E-L-S. The idea with Banana Man is that he doesn't lose the insecurities and shortcomings of his alter ego, Eric. Banana Man remains naive. He's innocent. He's even foolish. He may be less emotionally developed than Eric Wimp himself, which is an interesting departure of the traditional superhero trope where, you know, sort of like the Peter Parker wimpy kid into this you know actual superhero but in the case of banana man it was an interesting take on it where he takes those shortcomings from his alter ego into his superhero persona despite all this and even though he's powered by fruit he's still a superhero he has the ability to recharge himself by eating more bananas and that gives him like a video game type boost like a one-up 
Like any great superhero, he has a sidekick, which in this case is a crow. This works out well for everyone as the crow is able to track down bananas when he's in a pinch. But, you know, it's sort of not so fast with all this. It's not like he can just eat a ton of bananas and move a building. If he eats too many, he immediately ends up obese, which was, I don't know if it was the English lesson on childhood obesity issues that were happening in the UK as much as in uh, North America. But ever alert for the call to action, he is like Superman, but more potassium filled. The whole idea with Banana Man is that he's more of a parody of traditional superheroes. And with him, it was like the creators were, to use an English expression, taking the mick. Um, if you're not British, you'll have to look that one up. So, you know, kind of taking, again, the superhero traditions, but turning it on its head in that sort of sly, dry, English, witty style where they just like to kind of mock uh, some, you know, traditional styles and tropes and everything like that. So looking at the uh, other characters over the years, there's been a lot because, it, you know, it's changed to the comics and whatnot. So, of course, every good superhero needs an adversary. And in the case of Banana Man, it was the evil General Blight. There would be various criminals that would come through on a weekly basis in the comic, but Blight was his main foil. General Blight was pretty much a Hitler parody, but, you know, of course, still needed to be taken down a notch all the time each week. Some other regular villains included Dr. Gloom, kind of a mad scientist type. There was a climate-based villain named Weatherman, and since Banana Man lends himself well to desserts, there was a dessert-based villain named Captain Cream. He also had his form of the Venom character from Spider-Man in the form of another fruit counterpoint named Apple Man. Um, I don't know. I don't know how apples are considered villainous. I think they're too friendly of a fruit. But the battle between bananas and apples has raged on for years. And there was also various characters like Skunk Woman, who was their version of Catwoman. Banana Man has his own version of Commissioner Gordon, who in this case is named Chief O'Reilly, kind of giving us another, you know, classic, stereotypical Irish policeman um, type version. His patience often runs thin with Banana Man, who constantly ends up accidentally destroying the police station, sort of a running gag. Like the citizens of Metropolis, no one has any idea that Banana Man and Eric Wimp are one and the same. I don't know. One of the worst things in all of superherodom is the, the fact that no one in Metropolis could not recognize that Clark Kent is just Superman wearing glasses, but I digress. So let's look at the creation of Banana Man. So even though Banana Man was a staple of the Dandy comic, like I mentioned, the, the two comics at the start, if you're English, you know the Dandy and Beano very well. That was one of the things I missed so much here in Canada is not having the weekly Beano comic that my grandpa would go down and get from the newsagent every week but every Christmas we get the Beano annuals and the dandy annuals which was the the yearly sort of um, big giant volume that they put out so like I said even though he's staple of the dandy comic he actually didn't start out there shout out desperate Dan from the dandy Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Banana Man was created mainly by Steve Bright. Bright wrote and developed the character, but he was drawn by a guy named John Gearing. Gearing was a British cartoonist to work for a lot of top comics, including Beano Dandy, Sparky, uh, he worked in animation. He created Smudge in the Beano comics. He also worked on projects like Danger Mouse, uh, Count, du- Count Ducula. He worked on the BFG film. Gearing and Bright wanted to come up with their answer to Batman and Superman. England had Marvel Man, if you know that, which we apparently we might be seeing in some form or Captain Britain. I don't like in future Marvel movies. There's there's always talk about bringing in the UK version of everything. But again, they wanted to go the humorous route. Again, like I said, Banana Man didn't first appear in Dandy or Bino. He appeared in Nutty, which I vaguely remember Nutty. I think we got it. I think I got it the odd time or I'd seen my cousins had older versions of it like that. Like I said, so I'm you know, growing up in England uh, in the early 80s, from like 1980s onward. Uh, So when, you know, Beano and Dandy were really like coming more into their own. But Nutty was a British comic that did start in the 80s from 1980 to 1985. And the thing is, it eventually merged with Dandy. And that's, um, you know, what brought Banana Man into Dandy. But he did start in the Nutty comic. It didn't take Banana Man long to catch on, and he was by far the most popular character in Nutty, and it's probably the main reason why Dandy ended up acquiring them. So his first appearance in Nutty would take place on the back page in the very first issue on February 16th, 1980. Besides being that parody of Superman and Batman, they took influences from Captain Marvel and and then Captain Britain, which I mentioned before. Marvel Man would be the British twin of Captain Marvel but Captain Britain was like Britain's if you don't know your Marvel like that was England's own Steve Rogers that's what Captain Britain was Um, arguably more powerful and everything like that and Captain Britain goes back to 1976 and is said to have gained his powers from the legendary Merlin you know the sword and the stone Merlin okay so now we're moving over to Dandy. Dandy acquires Nutty in 1985 and gives Banana Man a new home. He would also find himself with varying backstories. That simple story I explained earlier was not the original, but more of a basic one used for the cartoon show. The true origin story involved Eric being sent to Earth from the moon as a baby. Since he was from the moon and a crescent moon resembles a banana, that was seen as what would give him his superpower. They also took another key from Superman, and that was giving Banana Man his own version of kryptonite. In this case, it's moldy bananas. He would also have his own fortress of solitude in the North Pole, which was shaped like, you guessed it, a banana. There was also the idea to give him his own Supergirl in the form of Banana Girl, who would be the sister of Eric. 
A different backstory would be put in place in Dandy in 1991. In this version, they made Eric a normal baby again who ate the Saturnium-filled banana and that gave him his powers. The first version is the true origin story, but the basic one still is stuck over the years. And that's what leads into the Banana Man cartoon show. You get, uh, you know, if you're English, you probably know this well. If you're not, you can look these up on YouTube and you can at least see the intro um, and everything like that. Again, in the Banana Man cartoon is where the majority of people would become more familiar with the character. And it came out in 1983, ran until 1986. The basic backstory was put together to make the show more accessible to a wider audience um, who maybe didn't read the comics um, or weren't that familiar. I, I don't know about you, but like other kids and cousins and stuff I had, like Dandy and Bino were like institutions, like absolute staples for a kid. So I don't know how that was across the board through all the UK. Like I grew up in Surrey down in the South. And so I don't know if that was, you know, if it's the same thing up North or in the Midlands or, or whatever, but I guess just to make it a little more accessible, they gave it more of that basic backstory. Few other changes they added. In the comics up to that point, Eric was more of this like punk skinhead. In the cartoon, they gave him the look of a regular kid with longer hair, but it sort of stuck up on the sides in two parts like a banana. I always thought they looked like devil horns, but that was the look they were going for. They also changed a lot of the appearance of Banana Man and the, the, all the other characters, and they gave them more of a cartoony look. Eric was now called Eric Twinge, and there was some new characters, including um, Fiona the Newsreader, who Banana Man was smitten with. That was like his Lois Lane. There was King Zorg of the Nurks. There was Eddie the Gent. There was Samantha, who was Eric's cousin. The cartoon featured the voices of the comedy troupe, The Goodies. Um, again, depending where you're from, you might know them or might not. This, was, this group was Bill Oddy, Graham Garden, and Tim Brooke Taylor. And like I said, spending at least three months to four months out of the years, and, and some years we would be there for Christmas, Banana Man was definitely one of my favorite shows to watch there. Um, you know, again, along with other things like Super Ted and then, you know, we'd watch Countdown and Neighbors and all that sort of stuff. I had never realized this, but Banana Man aired on Nickelodeon in the States where they tried to launch it alongside Danger Mouse. And it I had no idea about this until I was researching it. It just, I mean, in Canada, we didn't get Nickelodeon at the time or we would have no idea. It just could not attract an audience, partially because of a few factors. The first um, is the idea is obviously bizarre and it's tough to take as a standalone show without a backstory. Comics are obviously huge in the US, but that, like I said, the concept of a weekly variety comic like Dandy or Beano is just not a thing here. It just does not exist. Like I read tons of comics growing up, but you know, they were sporadic and came out whenever, but like with the Beano, you knew the weekly stories that were coming of like Dennis the Menace and Nasher, Minnie the Minx, Roger the Dodger, Billy Wiz, Ivy the Terrible, um, Biffo the Bear. That's a throwback one right there. So like I said, it, it's like a, a weekly serial, but a variety comic where you had all these different characters and stories running from week to week. So again, not a thing over here, but... Um, that was big and that was part of the success of Banana Man in the UK is that he had already been introduced and kids were familiar 
with the entire story and all the characters and like the backstory and everything like that. So it's, it was sort of hard to launch it straight up at the time. So let's look at the evolution of Banana Man. So besides the cartoon, Banana Man's still plugging along in um, the comics. An interesting fact is that he is only the second character ever to have a regular spot in both Beano and Dandy, and the very first to be in both comics at the same time. So um, designer John Gearing passed away in 1999, but had still been drawing the comic up to that point. He had drawn pretty much every strip for 19 years, drawing nearly uh, a thousand of them. Barry Appleby and Tom Patterson would take over in 2000, or sorry, until 2003. Steve Bright would then take over the drawing duties of Banana Man, where they kept the original drawing style. Again, if you're new to this or have forgotten for a while, you, if you look up, if you just like Google image search, you'll see there, there's quite a drastic change in, in between the images. Like I said, the one was super cartoony and the one not so much. There were some issues from, I was going through, all, I have like every Beano comic ever, all the annuals, all those like smaller digest ones. And I was going through them all, uh, some issues from 1998 that I found where the comic featured the cartoon show style drawings and which were used as comic adaptations of the show. So just you, you probably remember it changing or the character changing quite a few times. From 2007 to 2010, a lot of reprint, reprints would be used from the original era. Again, like I haven't checked out Dandy or Beano for a while now, but in 2010, there was a whole revamp of Dandy. A guy named Wayne Thompson took over all the duties and gave Banana Man a whole new look. I'll have to go. There's a British shop near me here, which we always go, and they usually carry the Beano and Dandy annuals. So I'm going to probably go get one now and see where it's all at. I never realized um, there are no longer print copies of the dandy though apparently as they stopped publishing in december 2012 which is sad but it, you know it makes sense um it just it looks like they're not even around anymore banana man has moved over to Bino full-time where thompson continues to draw him um, the digital dandy version they came up with had some different artists and if you go you can find Bino online and that's got just the whole comic in a digital format. And I found a whole page devoted to Banana Man with clips from the cartoon. It's got quizzes, games, profiles of all the characters. So go to Beano.com. Um, it's an amazing website if you want to remember all these old comics. Uh, there's scans of the strips from various issues. You can see the whole thing laid out and zoom in. It's an amazing resource. And I mean, there... I don't want to sound stupid. I don't know how Bino goes back at least 50 years. I probably way more than that. Um, it's, it's bad that I'm not remembering this at the time. So there is a treasure trove and deep legacy of all this classic English comics. Okay, so we'll start winding it down here. That's the look at Banana Man that you may never have heard of before or that you know very well. Like I mentioned, I was a massive fan from day one, from all that time spent growing up in England. I loved all the comics and the characters in Beano and Danny, but Banana Man was one that really stood out to me. I think because like the other ones were more um, cartoony, whatever, and Banana Man had more of this like true comic book hero, which, you know, of course... I read all the comic books back home. So over here, it was sort of in England, it was like a nice inclusion of that in the midst of like all these other sort of cartoony um, weekly comic serials. It's great to see that he still lives um, 
on, at least online, there's actually been talks of a movie over the years. Like, you know, everything, there's always hints at something like this. But I saw on comicbook.com, they reported back in 2017 about the potential Banana Man movie. There was even a teaser poster that had been released. But again, I'm not holding my breath um, or seeing this thing come to fruition. And that's an inadvertently very funny banana fruit wordplay joke right there. Um, so again, a movie like that is probably going to be almost impossible to launch because it's not as well known. Um, you know, it might make a good Netflix series, but, you know, it, it just depends what market research says. Like I said, this might be the first time you're hearing of it. And you might even be English and have never heard of this. But, you know, there's probably a little more um, potential that you have heard of Banana Man and do know Beano and Dandy and everything like that. So I'll finish it off there. Hopefully you found this interesting and more of a unique episode and a unique character in Banana Man. Again, like go to Beano.com or just look up Banana Man on YouTube and you can see more of the cartoon show and everything like that. So before I finish, I just want to talk about a way to be able to support me and the show, but get some bonus content while you're at it. And this is about Patreon.com. And it's a way, again, to support the show for as little as like two bucks a month. But there are different tiers and with each tier comes bonus content. So you know, with the one level I call like the Boba Fett level, you get access to the Everything 80s movie review show where I do, you know, reviews of movies, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, all from the 1980s. And that's just for Patreons. Uh, and, you know, if, if you want to learn more, just go to patreon.com slash 80s. So just slash 80s. Depending on what you're listening on, like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, there'll be a link in the show notes to it uh, just to learn more about the different tiers and everything like that. You know, it's just as an independently produced podcast, it's a lot tougher. Podcast is great because it's the industry has been growing so much, but it's really been taken over by companies and corporations and celebrities and gigantic podcast networks. So for smaller shows, it's a little tough to kind of stand out and keep your head above water. So with a thing like patreon.com, it's a way to, you know, help shows like this, but then you get bonus content at the same time. So if you're interested, just check it out, patreon.com slash 80s. But that's it for me. Thanks for taking the time to listen. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Don't you dare miss it.